basically, it all started, my first degree was in film and video production at the University of South Florida. After that, I started to work with museums, and someone knocked over a large piece of sculpture by the artist John Arp, and I was asked to document that sculpture for insurance purposes, and that led to my becoming aware of the need to preserve and archive objects. I thought for a long time that I was going to become an objects conservator, and to that extent moved to California, the Bay Area, after the... um, earthquake in 1989 up there and wound up working with the muse- two museums in the Bay Area that got me my letter of recommendation to get into graduate school. I wound up um, first going to school at California State University at Chico and wound up primarily starting with museum studies, but then I became aware that the school had a wonderful audio engineering program and I wound up taking classes in audio engineering, primarily focusing on the preservation of audio. I then utilized the school to provide an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C., where I worked with the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum and the Smithsonian Folkways Collection. For the U.S. Holocaust Museum, I say one of the... um, a very large collection of music that was originally recorded in one of the concentration camps, about 400 hours of music and interviews. Oh, wow. And for the Smithsonian, I wound up working with transferring, digitally transferring audio that was originally recorded on glass platters and very fragile. And so coming from somewhat of a background in conservation, I became began to get more and more involved in audio while in D.C., but I was very fortunate because one of the higher-ups at Library of Congress, Gerald Gibson, brought me under his wing and led me to his own information on moving image archive preservation. I just started to absorb the information, came back to California, did some research at the American Film Institute, put that all together, and that became my thesis. That's so great. You have so much experience in different aspects, art, film, audio, and then there's museums, as well as where you have in libraries. And yes, prior to, uh, prior to taking the position here at UCLA as the Moving Image Archive Studies Program Coordinator, I worked for the State Archives of Georgia. While at the State Archives, Primarily what I was doing is going to a lot of different government agencies, museums, libraries, and different types of archives, and really helping them put together strategies to preserve and digitize their audiovisual holdings. That's great about digitizing. I noticed lots of things need to be more accessible, and that's digitizing on the Internet's really great for everybody to at least find that something exists they can go to. Absolutely. You know, we are certainly entrenched with wonderful access through digital portals and use of Internet. There's wonderful ways to discuss your collections like Facebook or Twittering. But what we need to remember is that digital is not preservation. It takes a lot to keep these digital files alive, 
a lot of migration, a lot of um, work. But ultimately, you know, if we look at an old piece of film, we could hold that film up to light and see an image. It requires no technology other than when we want to project it. However, with digital, it is so dependent on the equipment that quite often, unless we're able to know for a fact that that equipment is going to be available into the future, we, you know, we have to hedge out bets. That's true, and um, files get corrupted and things get deleted, and you have to have backups of backups. A a absolutely. I have a, a very close friend who does a lot of video work up in the Bay Area, shooting bands and st stuff in museums. And it's pretty amazing how, many, how much memory an hour's worth of footage is going to take. And so when I was visiting him over the holidays, he just had stacks and stacks of hard drives. And, you know, hard drives have... The way that they work is that they don't like to sit idle. They like to be in motion. So unless they're able to you know, have tools where one could check the data, make sure that the data is accurate and has not been corrupted, it's just shot in the dark. We don't know whether or not the data that's on a hard drive is going to be there when we need it. That's true. And um, I read your interview here on myfootpath.com. It's a very great um, story. I see you were at the Warner Brothers Studios archives. How was that working? That was wonderful. I was actually at Warner Brothers at a very exciting time because I was there right after the Turner-MGM merger took place. What had happened was that Ted Turner, as you may know, acquired the MGM library. And part of that was the pre-1950 Warner Brothers titles. He came to the studio saying, hey, I have all of your um, pre-1950 films. You can't buy them, but if you give me 50% of the stock, then they're yours. That got him a seat on the um, administration of the company. But with my work, we were able to start to pull in all the material onto the lot to really examine the materials and see if there were levels of degradation and start to try to put together a corporate-wide effort towards the preservation of those materials. That's great. You're able to get positions that seems not as difficult as it would be for um, others. I think you mentioned at the end of your interview that it's very specific. Um, the jobs aren't going to come falling out of the sky, that you have to really tell everybody the need for preserving film of whatever topic. I really like that. Thank you. You know, a lot of it really stems from the fact that what we're dealing with is twofold. One is dealing with the preservation of the carrier, whether the carrier is film, video, audio, digital file, whatever is the container. Making sure that that is taken care of and preserved for into the future. What we're also responsible for is the diversity of data that is on these carriers. Um, it is no longer a Hollywood issue. A lot of the focus comes from Hollywood because there, there's a lot of monetary 
purpose and repurposing of the material every time that a new media format comes out. However, all levels of society are dealing with the same issues of digital obsolescence and needing to migrate their data. That's true. And then you even um, brought up earlier, well, before the interview, we had uh, the Grateful Dead audio archives. Is it something that came up, um, was it like a year or two ago? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's been a little over a year now. UC Santa Cruz was very fortunate in obtaining the, the um, inner workings, files, fan mail, all types of documents from the band and they were able to then subsequently go after and get a very large federal grant in order to process this extremely important collection. It's becoming really fun because a lot of musicians out there are really beginning to also realize that the material is as fragile as a Hollywood story. And yeah. so they are looking to partner with archives and started to try to ask questions of how do I really make sense of my life's work? And hopefully more of them get to do this as they're still alive in order to pre preserve this stuff. You know, one of the exciting projects has been the work that Neil Young has been doing where he has a personal archivist and they've been systematically working on restoring and releasing a lot of their a lot of Neil Young's work as well. Uh, Bob Dylan the same. Neil Diamond. You know, I'm hoping that more and more bands can begin to really put focus and energy into the preservation of their stories. Well, that's a great idea for um, future archivists if you want to go find a musician and just tell them, hey, you need a personal archivist for your audio. Yeah, and it's been really fun because... We, here at the UCLA Moving and Archive Studies Program, a lot of our students are actually getting involved with musical collections. I would love to do something like that. I'm taking a music librarianship and bibliography course this semester, as well as an audiovisual archiving course at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. That, that's wonderful. That, that's a wonderful program that you're involved in. You know, one of the main things, though, is twofold. One is helping institutions un understand the need, but within that, really looking at the content. I was talking to colleagues at Library of Congress, and they were telling me that when they look at the, the amount of information that they know about the actual content, it is about 1% to 2% of their holdings that they've actually visually seeing the image. The other part, though, is really in going forward, one needs a really strong strategy to preserve and digitize this material. And what that requires is being able to partner up with a solid company that has a long track record of doing this type of work. I'm fortunate in that not only am I now involved with the UCLA's Moving Image Archive Studies Program, but I'm also involved with a top digitalization company in Hollywood called Point360. They brought me in to be their audiovisual archivist to help museums, libraries, and archives preserve, digitize, and make available their content.
Oh, that's great. Thank you. Where Where do you see your students going? The ones that have graduated and everything. I'm seeing a lot of diversity in that the program has really shown wonderful efforts in this with the students getting wonderful jobs, museums, libraries, archives. We have people at Library of Congress, the Academy of Motion Pictures. What I'm starting to look at as the chair of the Education Committee for the Association of Moving Image Archivists, which is a wonderful organization to belong to, I'm starting to look at what are the transferable skills so that you know, on one hand, we could say audiovisual archivist is the end goal, but in a lot of times, as I was saying, it requires looking at where is the need, where where is the content, how are these institutions dealing with the need to preserve and make this material available. And what's so, the group again? The Association of Moving Image Archivists. I would encourage any future. Or current moving image archivist to be involved in the association moving image archivist. It's really great in that people at all level can become members, and it's real democratic in that you see people that have been in the industry for a long time helping young folks and really giving an opportunity to begin to shine and get involved with the field. Yeah, and just subscribing to the listserv, you can learn about if the field's for you or more about it as well. Absolutely. That's what I did recently. That's how I came across your interview. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I just love the different. Yeah, the diversity. Once again, it's really anything anyone's interested in. You can really find you know a possible position in that specific you know major. Exactly. It, it's finding that which you are inspired to do. And then once you start to study it, continue working at it. You know, I, I tell a lot of people that come to meet with me that are interested in the field about my friends that are musicians. And, you know, it's like a craft in that aspect in that sometimes it may not be about the amount of money one is going to get paid. It is more in the action, the activity of honing in your skills and developing those skills. Yeah, doing what you love, what you're interested in, what you want to help preserve. Absolutely. And that's great that you get a chance to work with films. You know, I just love film as a subject in general. It, there's wonderful content. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to work with top institutions to make sure that the stuff is able to be preserved or try to make it be preserved into the future. That's great. I want to remind everyone we're listening to Lance Watsky here, uh, audiovisual archivist, and also he's the University of California, Los Angeles, uh, Moving Images. Moving Image Archive Studies Program. Yes. Program coordinator. And I'm also the audiovisual archivist for Point 360 in Burbank. And how can people f um, find out more about you? Do you have a, w a website? or? Uh, absolutely. If they want to... Um, Contact me. They could contact me either at lwatsky at tft.ucla.edu if they want to find out about the graduate program. If they want to find out about Point360, then they could contact me at lwatsky at point 
point360.com. What do you do um, at Point360 with um, everything? Well, as I was saying, I was primarily brought in as an audiovisual archivist to try to help museums, libraries, and archives put together, and individuals put together strategies to preserve and digitize and help them save their material. That's great. Out of Hollywood, there must be a lot of business. Uh, absolutely. You know, one of the things, of course, with the economy being it, what it is, we need to keep supporting our advocates in moving image archiving and archiving in general. Yeah, I'm trying to get the word out there with this weekly radio show program. Just interview anyone and everyone that's interested in libraries, archives, film, digitization. Just people, you know, need to learn, spread the word that this is out there. Uh, absolutely. You know, th there's such a societal need to preserve this material. And unfortunately, it requires attention, dedication, and focus. So I'm gr glad we had an opportunity to have you on the air. Thank you. I really appreciate it as well. I wish you continued success with your schooling as, as well as the radio show. And if anyone out there would like to be in touch with me, please contact me. Thank you. I think this was Lance Watsky here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Our Digital Future with me, ZBZ, where we discuss the future of our information spaces with librarians and archivists. And today we had audio and visual archivist interview, Lance Watsky. Thanks again for coming on the show. My pleasure. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye. So that there was today's show. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week, 4 p.m. Fridays, every week. This is the first show of the quarter. This is going to be a great year. Welcome to 2011. Unfortunately, there was a passing of a great musician, the lead singer of the band Broadcast, um, passed away of pneumonia. So I started off the show playing her song, from broadcast, one, my favorite one, I played Come On, Let's Go. So now we're going to end the show with Unchanging Window here on KUCI 88.9 FM. Here's broadcast to end out our digital future. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Lance Watsky.